on radio, streaming live on investtalk.com, and for our podcast subscribers. This is Invest Talk, above average investing for the average investor. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. And now, KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor Steve Peasley. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99CHART, 888 99CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Welcome to Invest Talk, above average investing for the average investor. We try to bring you useful information and answer any questions you might have, as long as they're financial. 888-99 Charter is our number, everybody. You can reach us. We have lines open, 888-992-4278. Let's go to Casey in Sunnyvale. How are you doing, Casey? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. I have a question. I wanted to do some sort of an alternative gift for my nephew, who's three years old. I don't like the idea of buying toys, you know, crappy toys. Okay. I wanted to know if you have... Any have, suggestions for somewhere to put maybe money away for him? Have you considered an UTMA? It's a Uniform Gift to Minors Act. And what it is, you can actually open up an account in their name and where you are the manager. But you're really giving the money to them. And you give money every year. And you uh-huh. can manage it. And when he turns 18, it becomes his money. Okay, and I can find that at like any traditional bank, or do I need to go you to like... You can open up an account at Schwab. Any money manager firm will open up an UTMA, the uniform. UTMA. And is there like a minimum you have to put in, nope. or is there nope. criteria? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you can put in a buck. Really? And it yeah. grows a little bit of interest each year? Is yeah. That what it does, it, it, you put it initially, if it's very small, you just let it sit in the money market, and you make money market rates. When it gets big enough that you can buy a mutual fund... You know, a few years down the road, you buy a mutual fund. And it really is a great tool to teach a young kid when he gets 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, how to make money, how to save money. I think it's a good idea. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much. That helps me out tremendously. Thanks, Casey. George, Aliso Viejo. How are you doing, George? I'm doing fine today. I'm, I'm in the dilemma of the fear and greed again. Aren't we all? I'm looking at retirement in six to nine months. Oh, good for you. Now, in my 401k, I, I don't have very many choices. Uh, I have been in a large cap fund, mm-hmm. about a third of that there, and a third in a small cap, and then a third in an international fund. Okay. Now, at this point, it does, you know, there's no cost for me or tax implications or anything. Should I start drawing some of that out of there and get in a cash position? Cause it's, because yes. I'm going to have to change it anyway. Yes, you should, George, and I'm saying that because of your pending retirement. Right. It's time for you, you, now everybody listen up. It's time for George to get a little bit more conservative, and I would start taking some money, and if it was me, I'd take some from each one of those three categories. I wouldn't just dump one of them. Oh, no, I was thinking of just maybe sell half in each one and just... They go to a, a basically a cash position. I would do that. That would produce now is you got fifty percent in cash and fifty percent in the market, and are you about sixty something? Sixty-two. Yeah, and see at sixty-two, that would be a much safer and a more of a proper balance, unless you have lots of other assets that's not in your four hundred one k that's conservative. Well, the ones I have outside of that are not conservative, although I'm shifting it over a little bit. Okay. But that money was my growth money that I don't need for income that I want to keep and grow and have available in in five or six years. Okay, and I think that's perfect. So this money, I think you need to get more conservative. I agree with you 100%. The other money that you don't need for five or six years can stay aggressive, but start getting conservative with this retirement IRA 401k money. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the call. David Berkeley. How you doing, David? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. My question has to do with the fact that my son is getting married in December, and to pay for my part of the wedding, I need to generate some liquid cash. Okay. And I was thinking of one of two ways to do that. One is I have a Roth IRA, mm-hmm. which I have about $85,000. Okay. I also have a couple of index mutual funds that I would have to sell to get the cash. Okay. That I would have to pay some capital gains. Aha. Uh-huh. I was wondering which might be the better way to go to generate that cash. Let me ask you how old you are, David. 
I'm 63. Okay, so are you able to take money out of that Roth without any tax consequences? I am. It's been over five years. Okay. I'm really opposed to paying taxes wherever possible. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you have no other sources, and those are the only two choices you're giving me, I would go with the Roth. And I'd rather see you stay in at least for the next three months. I would wait as long as I can, even in the Roth. Uh, you want to just play the odds and see if you can get a little bit extra growth out of it. And I'd take it out of the Roth just because of the tax issues. Okay. Okay. Very helpful. Thanks, David. Thank you very Appreci- much. Appreciate the call. You can call right now and be part of the program. Let's hear about what your talking point is. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, and you can get through right now. to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments though 888-99 chart 888-99 C H A R T and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Hey Steve, just started listening to the show. I'm a huge fan already. Just wanted to ask you a question. So, I'm a college finance student in Southern California. I noticed our professors have us use Yahoo Finance for a lot of the stock information. And in using Yahoo Finance, I found a lot of stocks that have projections of being 300% gains for the next year and more. So I'm wondering why not just invest in these stocks if this is you know the best information out there? Why not invest in the stocks that are projected to go up huge? Thanks so much. Well, first off, Yahoo Finance isn't a great source of information on a lot of stocks. I've seen a lot of uh, data that is is not correct there. So I would try to source, go to better sources. Uh, I think Morningstar is, is a great place for that. Uh, but there's also a lot of subscription services that are going to be uh, more consistent. So I would, I would be in search of that. Second off, what they're touting of what potential upside is in uh, those particular companies just simply based on an algorithm. Uh, and that data in is, is just data. It's just an algorithm. Okay, uh, It's no guarantee of anything. Uh, it's no guarantee that that algorithm even works. How do you even know? It's just Yahoo Finance, right? Um, so uh, you're trying to oversimplify, which is common, uh, you know, especially if you're a newer investor. Uh, a lot of new investors try to oversimplify the investment process. And uh, in some ways that can be good, but you need to test the simplification. And you have to understand that different markets, uh, different things work, different strategies work. And you need to understand that as well, because one strategy based on a very simple simple strategy, can work well one year and not work at all the next year. Um, So understand this is not a game that can just be simplified and and handled uh, successfully in one way, uh, in a simple way forever. Otherwise, everyone would just do it. So I encourage you to find better information and don't just lean on some arbitrary algorithm. Cliff in Pacific Beach. How are you doing, Cliff? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Most of us are contributing into some sort of retirement account, right? Oh, yes. I happen to contribute into the TSP, the U.S. government. Got it. I just bumped mine $100 contribution a pay period. Okay. My check went down $41. Your paycheck went, then they matched money for you? No, negative. It took that much off my taxes. And, ah. and I'm not a wealthy man. And my daughter happens to work for the government, and so does my son-in-law. So I happen to mention my daughter. She says, well, Daddy, I have the 50-cent rule. Every time you take a dollar out, for, put it in the TSP, your check only goes down 50 cents. Well, it seems to me that mitigates a lot of the risk. It does mitigate a lot of risk. And when the way you're doing it, Cliff, with the, every paycheck, that's called dollar cost averaging? Absolutely. As the prices come down, depending on how many years left you have, how old are you? Older than you, son. Uh-oh. If you have five years, three to five to seven years left, you kind of want the market to be a little bit under pressure downward because you're buying more and more shares. Then, just a year or two before you retire, you want it to shoot up. Well, (laughs) 
I'm on the old system, so I don't I don't particularly care. Yeah, you're on the pension system. Yeah, but my yeah. daughter, she's in the other the four hundred one k type system, right? And it's, or the four hundred three b or whatever they call it these yeah, days. Yeah, and there's there's great choices to choose from, and uh, but it makes a lot of difference. It, it she yeah. makes a, a very little money, and it fifty cents on the dollar. It, it sure helps out. You certainly want to do that. Yep. Uh, Cliff, appreciate the call. Thank you. Here are the directions for reaching Steve this afternoon with your question. Just call 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Have a question about how best to get into the market? Or maybe you're feeling unsure about your current investments. That's what this is all about. This is Invest Talk. Hey, Steve and Justin. This is Ron Steve calling from D.C. area. Love your show. Been listening to the show over a year now. I had a question regarding the IPOs. I am really interested in a few of the companies which are planning to go public this year. And I've been tracking a few last year. By the time I would wanted to invest in it, the stock or the share price doubles. And then there's a lot of volatility. So the share never really sells at the price that they intend to sell. It always jumps way high than I expect. So is there a way to get to that pool of pre-IPO uh, where I can buy before it becomes pop- public? Thank you. Okay, so an IPO, initial public offering, very often spikes when it first comes out. And if it does, you're not ever going to get it at the offering price. Because that's a hot IPO, and many of those are, you know, they only the big institutions get those prices. You're never going to get them. If you ever get offered an IPO at the IPO offering price, that means it's not a very good IPO. Don't do it. Don't do it. Can you buy companies before they become IPO? Yeah. You can invest in you can invest in companies. Many times they have investment rounds of smaller companies, but they're very, very high risk. So you're probably not going to get to any of them. Paul in Point Richmond, how you doing, Paul? Very good, thank you. Um, I'm approaching retirement, okay. and I'm pretty well diversified, but I have $100,000. I'm afraid to really risk market right now. I'm in a money market. It's at 3%. Okay. I'm thinking I'll just, I don't know where else to go. I'm afraid of REITs. I'm afraid of the high yield market. I just think I may leave it sit there until, say, bonds go higher in terms of yield and then invest in a bond. Can I give you a, a better way to go without taking any risk? Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know if you heard me talk about laddering before. Uh, yes. Okay. How about taking that $100,000 and divide it up into maybe, let's say, 10 parts, $10,000 each. Okay. You could do CDs or you can do treasuries. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what you do is you go out like six months. Well, when do you think interest rates will go up? Maybe three months? Yeah. Okay, first one due in three months. Go out three months. The next one, six months. The next one, nine months. The next one, one year. Then two years, three years, four years. What you do is you keep ladder them out to the longer, so you keep going out far, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe go out only maybe three to four years, okay? okay? So now... As interest rates rise, the first 10000 comes due, you go out for like three years. And that'll give you the highest rate for three years, right? Right. Then the next one, now six months later, you're going to go out another three years. So three years and three months, the second one will come due. You see how I'm doing that? Uh-huh. What this does is called a ladder. If interest rates rise, you're getting more and more return. And over the long haul, if interest rates continue to rise, you will make more money. And it's very safe. Okay. You can do it that way. You know, if you lock up a CD for a year or two years mm-hmm. and interest rates go up in between, you're not really maximizing your game. You are maximizing your security, you know, if you're safe. Yeah. But the latter idea is not that hard, really. When it comes up for renewal, you just got to tell the bank you can do it by phone or whatever. They'll do it automatically over the phone. Tell them what you want. What portion of that should I have available to pay tax on that income? Well, what you do is you make sure that you have one come due a little bit before April 15th. Okay. Yep. <laughs> that way, you know, it. okay, yeah, well, here's $10,000. Okay. Well, how much do I need to pay taxes? All right. Paul, that's a good question. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Thanks very much. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. We want to answer your questions. Our listener line number is always ready for you. 888-99-CHART. Beginning our experience, we're here to answer your questions. 
You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888-99-CHART, 888-99-CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART is our number, 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Bob in San Bernardino. How do you do, Bob? Well, I must confess in all humility that I violated one of your principles by Uh-oh. investing in a fund that I don't understand very well. Okay, let's talk about it. It's Vanguard V. Victor C. Charlie V. Victor S. Sugar X-Ray. Okay, so the Vanguard bond fund there. It's a convertible. Okay, do you know what a convertible means? Just the general idea that they it combines the qualities of stocks and bonds and they can go back and forth. Yeah, well, they don't go back and forth. They go in one direction. So you have a convertible bond fund, meaning that the bonds in there can convert to the stocks. Stocks cannot convert back to bonds. Yeah, I told you. I don't understand it. Yeah. So the bond says, okay, this is a convertible bond. It can have, it may, it's probably full of convertible preferreds, meaning paying their high dividend payers. So a convertible is better than just a straight vanilla bond fund in this environment, Bob. Why? Because they can convert to stocks, which stocks probably will move better. It depends on the convertible. You and I, Bob, by the way, will never ever know exactly what the bond convertible bond funds that they actually own in the Vanguard that we won't really know. Because you can look up their holdings, but then you have to do some investigating to find out, well, when does it convert to a stock? And what in what situations do all these various convertible bonds convert to stocks? And is it to my benefit or not? See, it gets very complex. Now he claims Oak Tree Capital Management mm-hmm. is the fund advisor. Uh-huh. And in their sales point, they make the claim that they so, their selections are based upon both appreciation and minimizing our downside protection. And that's probably true when you're talking about a convertible bond. He's not telling you a lie. That is true. In a convertible bond, it does help on the downside movement because of the bond portion of that stays more steady. What he's not telling you is interest rates affect bond funds dramatically and that if interest rates go up, chances are good that your convertible bond fund will go down, but just not a lot. Okay, well, you've given me uh, more uh, anxiety now that I know oh, it's a bond I'm fund. sorry. I didn't mean to do that, Bob. I really didn't. Well, at least I understand the risk I'm taking. That's well, improvement over not understanding at all. Okay, I appreciate the call. Thank you, Bob. I really do. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial. InvestTalk hosts Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are the principals of KPP Financial and they are independent financial advisors. This means they place their clients' interests ahead of the firm's. As part of that commitment, KPP Financial practices parallel investing, where Steve and Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about Parallel Investing and the other KPP financial programs at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve, Justin, this is Vince from Orlando. Just wanted to get some more information on HSA health savings accounts. Someone told me it was like one of the only ways to have tax-free money. I understand that you can input up to a certain amount per year, and then you take the money out to use it on medical expenses, it's still tax-free. So I had a question, if you get to the end of the road, say you're age 65, 70, you got a million plus in your HSA, and you realize like, all right, I'm not gonna use this money for health stuff, say you want to pull some of that money out and buy a car or whatever you have, do you get taxed on it then? How does it work? Say you, you have to provide backup as evidence like, hey, I purchased some health care or I had a health medical expense and I needed to use this money. Just want some more information on HSAs if you can provide that. Thanks. Great question. Yes, HSAs are uh, another fantastic way to save money for retirement and 
even though it's called the health savings account and under the age of 65, you need to use that money towards health care and uh, it's tax deferred, uh, tax free, etc. You can pay money for insurance, prescription, vision expenses, dental care, etc. All that is, are, are eligible for HSA spending. And then when you get after the age of 65, the funds can be withdrawn for any purpose without penalty, but they are subject to income tax if used for, if not used for IRS qualified medical expenses. So uh, you can still use it for medical expenses tax free, but any money taken out of that, it's kind of like an IRA, right? Where you, when you take the money out, you're taxed as income in that sense. So great question about HSAs. Very similar to 401ks, but you know the money can be used, penalty, tax-free for health expenses before age 65. And anything else after 65 that's taken out for, it becomes income to you. Hi, my name is Jeremiah. I'm new to investing, and I really would like to get into it more. And I'm not a rich person. I'm a carpenter apprentice, and just got a couple extra bucks, maybe... $500. Just wondering, you know, a good start that I can go to and, you know, something that can get my portfolio uh, started. All right. Thank you. The easiest way and the smartest way is using the exchange traded fund, using the indexes. That way you don't have to pick individual stocks, but that's much more difficult, much more time consuming. So I would suggest maybe splitting that $500 maybe with the uh, S&P 500, with SPY as the symbol, and the QQQs, which is the NASDAQ 100. So you have 100 uh, NASDAQ stocks with a lot of technology stocks, and you'd have 500 of the largest companies in the S&P 500. That's where I would invest if I was a brand new person into the market. You can call right now and be part of the program. Let's hear about what your talking point is. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You can get through right now. Your typical workday can be very busy. Assignments, appointments, responsibilities, obligations. Sometimes you start early and end late. For that reason alone... You may already be looking to the future, to a period when your money, your accumulated assets are working for you and ultimately creating financial freedom. There are many voices suggesting financial planning services, but there's one company, one firm that offers a balanced variety of strategically designed investment plans. One firm that applies decades of experience to enable a client personalized collaboration. One firm that can show you how to optimize an investment portfolio that fits your lifestyle objectives and risk tolerance limitations. One firm that speaks with a clear, logical, and unbiased voice. Start with a contact call to KPP Financial or visit kppfinancial.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team 
addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99CHART, 888 99CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Vince from Orlando. Uh, I know you guys aren't allowed to uh, recommend specific stocks, but I was wondering if you can bat off a few stocks in the automation space that you see that could have good growth potential in the coming years as automation becomes more prevalent. Thanks. Love the show. We were talking about recently in the office, what's the next big thing coming down the road? And to me, it's pretty obvious. It's electric cars. It's clean energy. It's pretty obvious to me where the next big thing. On electric cars, you're not going to buy the car companies, but you know, you're going to buy the technology, the new technology coming out on those electric cars. And that would be batteries or software or some kind of general, you know, charging stations, you know, something along those lines. I think that's the next big thing coming. Uh, so that's where I would look. And then clean energy, it's a little bit more difficult, but you can buy energy companies that are putting a lot of money, a lot of research and development money into new technologies, uh, like thermal generation of electricity, which I talked to on a recent show. So that's what I would do. 888-99 Charter is our number, 888-992-4278. How you doing, Richard? Uh, yeah, today uh, my question is on investing or planning college for my son. Okay. I had a thought if I invest in a 529, mm-hmm. what if at the point he's going to go to college, he decides he doesn't want to go? What do I do with the money then? Or very get very the good question. Should I invest in something different to give him that option? when he becomes that age. Let's talk about a 529 plan because I know a lot of people may not know what that is. Each state puts together what's called a 529 plan. Not every state has one. It is a plan for college education. College education. I stress college because it only can be used for college and an accredited college. The 529 plan, you put money in. You can put quite a bit. I don't remember the amount. Richard, do you happen to know? Per year? Yeah. Or to start it out with? Per year. Uh, what's a maximum you could put in it? It's yeah, in the it's thousands few, of dollars. Yeah, it's a few thousand, somewhere there. But the problem that Richard's asking, and this is the problem, you set up a 529 program for your child to go to college, and then when he's 18, he decides he doesn't want to go to college. A 529 plan can only be used for college. You can't use it for anything else. What you can do at that point is roll it over to another child or another adult. You could use it for your college if you want to go back to school. If you don't, you're going to get taxed and penalty if you take it out of the 529 program and not use it for college. Okay. Find out before you started what that tax and penalty. If you have two children, you can set up two, and if one doesn't go, roll the other one into. <laughs> I mean, somehow you got to roll it. Right. He's a single child, so. Then you got an issue there. What if he doesn't? What do? other investments would be equivalent to a 529 that I could get into for him? That is a good alternative. A 529 plan usually has limits. The good thing about the 529 is you get the tax write-off. Okay. Right. Now, you can also do a Coverdale, which is an a education IRA for your child. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a little bit more flexible, but you can't put as much money in it. I think it's $3,000 a year. But a Coverdale can be used for other things other than an approved college. 
So let's say he wanted to be a truck driver or a hairdresser. You can use that money. Let's say you want to use that money for a private high school or elementary school or a middle school. You can use that money. Okay. Okay, so that gives you a little bit more freedom. And again, you can roll that over to another child because you never know. You maybe have another one. Or a niece <laughs> or a nephew if you feel extra generous and you have lots of money in, in 20 years from now. But you still have to use it for education and you still will get penalized if you use it for something other than education. It's just a lot more uh, flexible. Okay. Thanks, Richard. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Manny in San Diego, how you doing? Good. How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. I was wondering how many years I took off of my mortgage, you would think, by doing that. My mortgage is like a $300,000. I sent a $20,000 payment, and my interest rate's about like 5%, 8%. you probably taken off about, I'm going to guess, and I, I, yeah. it's, it's an educated guess, but it's still a guess. Yeah. I'd say about five years. It's a 30-year mortgage? Yeah. About five years. Oh, great. That sounds good. Yeah. You'd be amazed. Manny, if you just do a little bit each month, yeah. I don't care how much. You'll be amazed how fast you'll have that pay off. If you put in, I'd say, an extra, you said it's 300000 300000 so I knocked off, yeah, 200, um, down to like 280 now. Okay, now you're down to 280 yeah. I'd say about five, and I know you can't do 500 a month. I'm not suggesting that you do that. Right. But if you did it at 500 a month, it'd be off, paid off in 10 years. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. so that tells you how dramatic it can that's be. That's actually, yeah, that's actually my goal was, I go, man, I'm, uh, I want to have it off in 10 years, see if I can do it. Uh, it you know, it's a great goal. Let's say if you don't, you yeah. might just have like $40,000 left. I mean, that's a car payment. That's a, buying a car for your house. You, yeah. You'll be so close that you'll you'll be so happy with it. I've I done this. I did the 10-year extra $500 a month on a 30-year fix. That's how I know it works. <laughs> I did it about, yeah. uh, about 15 years ago. Oh, great. Yeah, so, I can't imagine just living a mortgage payment free. Can you believe that? I yeah. Think how much money you can start saving at that point. Yeah. Plus, you don't feel like you're handcuffed. You want to go on vacation to a nicer you know, cruise around the world? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you have the money. Yeah, definitely. Man, appreciate the call, Manny. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. There is good news for loyal Invest Talk listeners, their friends, and families. Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. This free podcast is available for download anytime. Typically, each day and night, the Invest Talk call center receives more voicemail questions than Steve and Justin can fit into a live show format. So in the bonus program, caller questions will be played back from our voice bank and answered with brief, unbiased, and helpful responses. The first segment of the Rapid Fire Hour is hosted by Justin Klein, and Steve Beasley handles the second half. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour. Hi, Stephen Justin. Just want to say thank you very much for the podcast. I really enjoy the show and everything that I've learned. I have a quick question about value stocks and growth stocks. So recently we have noticed that bond yields have risen because of inflation expectations. And I still think that inflation expectations will continue to rise. So if that happens, I I believe that the bond yields will rise. And if that happens, how would that affect growth stocks? And then how would that affect value stocks? Thank you very much. I really appreciate it and hope to hear the answer on the podcast. Thank you. Bye. Well, the answer to higher bond yields and how it affects different companies comes back to a discounted cash flow method. That's how on Wall Street and most of finance assets are valued, right? You take the current value of future cash flows and those future cash flows are discounted by what's called the discount rate. And in finance, that is typically the 10-year treasury rate. Right now, it's at 1.16. Last summer, it was at about 0.5%. And as that goes up, those future cash flows are discounted at a higher rate, which means today they're worth less. Okay, So that's the basics of what a discounted cash flow method is. Now, in, in growth stocks and companies that are expected to grow a lot over the next 5, 10 years, the future cash flows that are expected are valued very highly today when interest rates are low. Right, because you're only disc, you're discounting 
high growth, high numbers in the, in the in the faraway future by a small amount each and every year, and therefore today's value of those large future cash flows is very high. But when interest rates go up, suddenly the value of current value of those lo- longer dated cash flows decline, and so. If interest rates do continue to go up because inflation goes up, you're going to see multiples on these growth names come down. You're already starting to see that to some extent, some uh, lower momentum in a lot of these names, some consolidation, uh, some of them making lower highs. And on the value side, the market's not expecting big high returns or high growth for these type of companies. They tend to be uh, lower growth. They grow tend to be with the overall economy, you know, three, five, ten percent a year. Uh, and those future cash flows aren't expected to be a whole lot higher than they are today. So those changes in interest rates don't affect them very much. On top of that, if inflation picks up, oftentimes a lot of those value names are commodity names, right? So their businesses in the near term are also going to do much, much better in a higher inflationary environment. So I hope that unpacked it for you. It's certainly a complex topic, but hopefully that distilled it down as simple, simply as I possibly can, and hopefully you could digest it. 888-99-CHARTER is our number, everybody. You can reach us. We have lines open, 888-992-4278. How about Bruce? How are you doing, Bruce? Hi. I would like to know, are there any general principles or guidelines I can use to make a judgment after a stock has broken out either to the upside or the downside that is a low probability that a throwback or a pullback will not occur? In other words, I'm worried about uh, that happening, and I want to be in a low probability that when I decide to invest more or put money in, that that has that the pullback or the throwback will not occur. Okay, so you're trying to hedge your bets that uh, when you invest, you do not want to have less of a chance of a pullback, and and yeah, there's ways to do that. First of all, you look at the fundamentals and make sure that stock is worth more than it's trading at. Because that's number one. Because if a stock is worth more, you'll have more of a chance for people looking at it and wanting to stay in it. As opposed to wanting to take their profits because it's overvalued. Especially the professional. I want to see if I could avoid the pullback. In other words, is it a matter of time or is it a matter of how far it broke out initially? This is an issue that every professional deals with because there's no real clear answer on it, Bruce, but I'll tell you some rules. If the stock moves up, most of this is going to be about charting because you're looking at the technicals, not the fundamentals. What's going to be a pullback? Where will it pull back to and why will it pull back? If you're looking at a chart, a one-year regular chart on a daily movement of a stock price, if it goes up at a greater than 45-degree angle, chances are very good that you're going to have a 50% retracement in that move at some point. So some stocks pop up over a few-week period, just jump up because of all of a sudden everybody gets excited about that. But then everybody starts to take profits. A 10% pullback in a stock is normal. So if you see a 10% pullback in the stock and then it stops going down, there's a high probability of buying that stock and it won't pull back another 10%. Okay. Part of this is you have to look at the volatility of that particular issue. It goes up or down 3% in a day or one-tenth of 1% one a day. Does it, how volatile is it? You have to kind of look at a chart and see. you can see where a stock has pulled back before and stopped going down. If it pulls back to that point and stops again, and it's done it two or three times, we call that double bottoms or triple bottoms, the high probability it won't go through that bottom. It will not go through that bottom. I see, and that would apply to indexes too. Yes, it does. One of the reasons why it doesn't is because people like me look at charts and we react to them. So we start buying at those pullback points and they stop going down. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. David Freeman. How you doing, David? I'm all right, Steve. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you. I want to ask you something. I believe you agree with me if I tell you that uh, investing uh, in properties, you know, real estate, you know, at some point is, uh, you know, it's kind of painful uh, going through, you know, vacancies and try right. to make this uh, place to be in a market and rent it again. Right. And uh, I was looking at getting the option and invest in stocks. And um, I read I read it the other day that uh, investing stocks uh, the returns is better than real estate. 
Are you agree with that? Yeah, over long terms, yes, it is better than real estate. There's different kinds of risk, though. Uh, real estate is much less risky, David, in the long run. Stocks are more risky. Therefore, there should be a better return in stocks, and there is over long periods of times. I mean, I'm not in stocks. I mean, I, I don't know how uh, how that works, and uh -huh. I, I I understand very little. I mean, there's companies out there that say, okay, uh, we manage, you know, your portfolio just if you have a certain uh, yeah. amount of money. That's what we and, do. And uh, we, mm -hmm. we can manage for, for you, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, you guys do, like, say, you guys buy and sell it uh, on the right time. So, yeah, what well, so the uh, yeah. yeah, David, a money manager such as us, KPP Finance, that's our firm, you know, you uh, allow us to trade your account, basically, that's what's happening. And we will buy and sell mutual funds or stocks, depending on the kind of account you have and you want and how much money you have. We will manage your account for you, and you pay us a small quarterly fee to do that. So you guys, uh, let's say you guys have a stock that you guys like it, and you guys just uh, purchase, and yep, that's what it is? Yeah, we make the decisions of buying and selling for you. You just look at your account and make sure that no one's stealing your money. <laughs> and the way to do that is you use a, uh, a insured SIPC, SIPC insured custodian. Someone, a company, a big company that's insured by our government holds on the money. Therefore, if you do that, then a money manager can't get the money. Like Bernie Madoff. That's what he did. Yeah. He, he was a custodian of his, of his client's money, so he just stole it. Don't do that. Uh, like me, I mean, you guys uh, you do that for a living. Yeah, I mean, you That's guys right. manage. I don't understand those charts, you know, uh, what to buy, when that to buy, uh, yeah. you know, what price you should sell it. I mean, I tried that before, and I lost. Yeah, most people. I mean, people, I never made many on, on stocks. I hate to say this. Most people try it. And we know, Justin and I and my firm, we know they're not probably going to be successful. We'll be happy to teach you, but it takes so much work, David. It takes a lot of time and effort. You know, and knowledge. We, oh, much as that, you can try and try all you want, but if you don't really have the knowledge and the expertise to really understand a lot that goes on in the markets, not just about specific companies, but the economy in general, uh, different types of assets and things like that. And so that's why you hire people like us. It's as simple as that. Dave, okay. if you want to talk about it, give me a call at the office or send me an email, and I'll talk about it and tell you how we do yeah, it and what definitely. we do. Definitely. I would like to, because, uh, I mean, I already have two properties, a rental, and I know it's a pain in the rear, and, uh, you know, I would like to... They are a pain. I, I have There's something else besides that. Yeah, I've had rentals for many, many years. They are a pain, I must say. David, give me a call. Yeah. We'd love to talk to you. All right. Very good. Thank, Thank you. Thanks so much. Now, if you have a question about a stock or an IRA, college savings plan, well, maybe buying a house, mortgages, reverse mortgages, we're here for you. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The prosperous future you envision for yourself and your family will not happen without strategic planning and definitive action. I'm in my early 20s and I'm thinking of doing something that every article I read says not to. For the unprepared investor, Market volatility around the world demonstrates risk. I noticed it took quite a fall. But opportunities wait for no one. And now may be the best time in years to invest wisely. We got a lot of things cooking out there that, we, that the market has to think about. To invest strategically. It needs to consolidate. To prevail, serious investors need a balanced combination of realistic market education and unbiased guidance. KPP Financial Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein host a unique weekday finance and investment program and podcast, Invest Talk. Listen live or download the free podcast. Sure, I left hints as the anniversary approached, but finally I just said, Frank, it's the anniversary sale at Ashley Home Store. We can save up to 25%, and for a limited time, we can get an extra 10% off select outdoor furniture or get 60 months special financing plus an anniversary reward card equal to three months of payment. But the sale ends Monday. <sighs> that worked, because right now I'm enjoying our new patio set while dropping hints about a pool. Ashley Home Store. This is home. Tap the banner to shop and save today. See store ashleyhomestore.com for details. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get new car replacement. So if your car is totaled, Farmer's will pay to replace it with a new one of the same make and model. Like reuniting with an old friend with the added benefit of that new car smell. So it's really new car and new car smell replacement. 
Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Optional coverage not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policy subject to terms and conditions. Underwritten by Farmers Truck and Fire Insurance. Exchanges are affiliated. Wonder makes me tag an asteroid in mid-flight and bring a piece of it back to Earth. It's incredible, it's exhilarating, and it's humbling. I'll have friends point to a rock on an image of Bennu, and I'll say, I named that one. At the University of Arizona, Wonder makes us. What will Wonder make you? Panera's new flatbread pizzas are here. But to our new chef, Klaus, they're not just pizzas. They're masterpieces. Because it's not just cheese. It's hot and melty mozzarella and fontina cheese. It's not just sauce. It's market tomato red bell pepper sauce. And it's not just toppings. It's fresh mozzarella, basil, and grape tomatoes. Mmm. Taste our three delicious new flatbread pizzas today. Order online for pickup or delivery. Panera. Restrictions apply. You're listening to an encore presentation of Invest Talk. Please call with your questions and comments, though, 888 99 Chart, 888 99 CHART, and Steve will answer them on the next Invest Talk. Hey, Steve and Justin, my name is Tofik. I'm calling from North Plainfield, New Jersey. I had a question regarding transferring my positions, if possible, from Robinhood to I want to move on to something better, maybe Schwab. If you can tell me how I can do that, if there's a way to you know, transfer my positions. If not, what are some things that I need to watch out for as far as you know, maybe capital gains, taxes, or anything like that goes? Love your podcast. Thank you for your help. This is a great question. It's actually something I wanted to talk about on air because I have a friend who's uh, pretty green to the investment world. He trades on Robinhood and, you know, they, they, I have friends that lob me investment questions on a regular basis. And, uh, he sent me a screenshot of something and I said, I said, why are you at Robinhood? Why aren't you transferring? He said, well, I don't want to pay the taxes. And I think this is something I didn't understand that a lot of people don't know is that, just because you move brokers does not mean that you have to pay taxes on the individual securities on a you know a, a taxable brokerage account. What the industry standard is is you submit what is called an ACAT transfer form, right? You open up an account. This is what we do with clients all the time: is we help them open an account. We use TD Ameritrade as our broker, but this applies to any of the major brokerage firms. And is submit what is called an ACAT transfer form, which has the uh, information on the the counter broker, right, where the assets are being held currently with the account number, and then the, it's up to that broker to deliver the funds, the cash, as well as the securities within the account, whether that's ETFs, mutual funds, individual stocks, bonds, etc., to that new brokerage firm. And they also deliver the cost base to say, hey, this is what it was bought at, and so that the new broker also knows the cost basis as well. Uh, and then for any tax reporting, they know how to report to the IRS, hey, this is purchased at this price, sold at this price, etc., so there's no tax consequences at all. The assets just move in kind over to that new brokerage firm. So don't worry, Schwab or TD or Fidelity, whoever you're opening that account with is going to help you walk you through that process and they'll submit that on your behalf the same way we do uh, for our clients. So uh, don't think that you have to automatically take capital gains because you move from one brokerage firm to another. And I always encourage everybody to move out of Robinhood into a bigger, bigger brokerage firm. Tim, San Diego. How you doing, Tim? Hi, I'm doing well. I have a question on a 401k account. I've got a mutual fund that I've been investing in. And in 2004, they closed it to new investors. Yes. So I'm still able to contribute, and I do. However, I've heard that there could be some disadvantages to funds that are close to new investors. Can you add any information to that? I don't think there is disadvantages. If you forgive me, let me explain it to everybody else. Mutual funds are open-ended. All mutual funds are open-ended, and you can keep buying shares, but they do have the right to close it. That means that they say, we got too much money for what we do. Or we don't want to get too much money for what we do. Maybe we buy small cap stocks and we're getting too big. Or too much money flooded in too fast. That happens too. 
it's very responsible for the fund managers to close it. When I hear a fund manager closing the fund, I say good for them because they have recognized they're not as greedy as they could be, Tim, right? I mean, what money manager doesn't want more and more and more money? They make a percentage of all the money they manage. So if they closed it, there's not too many downsides. Now, when a fund is closed, it's usually just closed for any new investors, but existing clients, existing investors can continue to add money if they want to. And that's the situation you find yourself. Now, yeah. Tim, the disadvantages of a closed fund. Well, the disadvantage was, is there, there's a reason why they closed the fund. The reason could be they have too much money to stay focused in the investments that they have. It's a good and bad thing. Well, the good thing is they recognize that they want to stay focused on what they can do, and that's by not taking more and more and more money in. The bad is they probably got too much money, so they might underperform. This is a huge fund. It's called the Prime Cap Fund at Vanguard. Oh, oh. well, absolutely means very little in this situation because they are so big. They are the market. Oh. They are so big, Tim. When they throw around a few billion dollars, that's pennies to them. So they're so big, they have to buy the big stocks, and pretty much whatever the stock market does, they do. It's almost like buying an index fund. Okay. As a growth fund, it's okay. It's a good component to still having a 401k. Sure. There's nothing wrong with it. I wouldn't pick it because of the size. I'm kind of a guy who likes to make sure the manager has flexibility. And because of the size, I wouldn't pick it. But your 401k, that might be one of the better ones in your 401k because you don't get a lot of choices. Great. Well, okay. thanks for the information. Thanks for calling. Thank okay. you. Before we go, you can see more about today's topic. Go to investtalk.com. You want to contact me directly? Easy. Leave a message in the machine or go to investtalk.com. I'm money manager Steve Peasley, and I want to thank you for listening. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.